welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week, we're talking about the third album from The Beths called Expert in a Dying Field, and it starts with the title track. The city is painted with memory, the water will never run clear. The birds and the bees and the flowers and trees, they know that we've both been here. And I can flee the country for the worst of the year, but I'll come back to it. talked about before on the podcast when we discussed their first album future me hates me but this album was just so fantastic that we felt like we needed to talk about them again their second record jump rope gazers was a little bit slower paced and more ballady and this album sees them returning to what i think is their greatest strength which is writing just these great power pop songs with fantastic musicianship just hooks upon hooks and really intricate production where you really it really rewards repeated listens even though they're catchy on the surface yeah the band has very much acknowledged that they got some flack for that second record not being what people expected and i think they have recognized like well we liked it but we also understand why you know maybe these are not you know the the songs that are going to be amazing to play live. This is their post-pandemic record, uh, written and recorded mostly last year. And then I think um, there was a lockdown and one of the members got a COVID while they were on tour. Yeah, they're in New Zealand where restrictions were much more careful than we were in the United States. So they had to work around that. And yeah, we've seen them play live a few times and they're a fantastic live band just super tight you can tell they really enjoy playing together and that is part of what won me over uh, about them as well yeah that they they specifically like we missed playing live because when they released that second record they weren't really able to tour behind it and so this record they brought in kind of pent up desire to play live and so they say like how do we arrange this music so that it's going to be great when we play it live and every single one of these songs i feel like has that kind of clarity to it this song in particular like it's produced 
you can feel the production. Like there's little stereo effects. There's really a mixture of different guitar sounds, little bits of keyboards mixed in there. And yet um, it's all centered around, yeah, it, it's produced, but it's that guitar playing. And I'm so glad we captured a little bit of that fun drum fill because their drummer, uh, Tristan Deck, is a phenomenal, not too flashy, but gets the job done here, really brings so much energy to the song about looking back and like, oh, I all of this invested time, oh well. <laughs> yeah, Liz Stokes' lyrics and her vocals are what really make me love the Beths as much as I do, but all four of the members contribute so much and they're all just terrific musicians. And the only band I can think of to compare them to is Super Chunk, where they just have the same kind of energy and these really thoughtful sort of self-deprecating lyrics, but songs that you just can't help but sing along to. Yeah, and so from this song, looking back on you know time spent and now, oh, I guess that's I have to write that off, we go to another song, looking forward and like, oh, am I even gonna be able to put that time in? It's called Knees Deep. I think this was one of the songs that they wrote during that kind of lockdown reset where they had been recording for a while and were worried about things getting a little too overwrought. And so this was a chance for Liz Stokes, just like, what's a really energetic song that's going to be a real you know, crowd pleaser? And this is that. And yet they can't help but put this sort of sophistication of structure in and the melodies being so rich her voice knowing when to let its kind of quirkiness shine and then in those choruses bringing in the backing vocals of the rest of the band to let it soar to unimagined heights and to wrap that soaring sound around a message of insecurity, self-doubt. It's, yeah, it's such great songwriting. Yeah, the call and response vocals, I think, are what keep these songs from being too self like sort of navel gazing because there's there's so much about interpersonal relationships and as you said self-doubt and insecurity and thinking about how you're approaching relationships and the world but the way that the other backing vocalists are brought in it makes it sound like you're having a conversation with friends that lightens it up a bit and i think that really keeps these songs in the in the like lighter mood yeah, there's 
sonically there's so much lightness here i think the drum work and those little interludes mm-hmm. is so melodic it just really is seems to be in conversation with the rest of the instruments and elizabeth stokes that way her voice rises and rises and rises at the end of that mm-hmm. pre-chorus it's remarkable the first time you heard it and then we heard it the second time where it's somehow even more intense and more powerful and of experience and the release going into the chorus i I think this was the last single they released Mm -hmm. and it really cemented to me like, oh my gosh, we're in for a treat here. And I, it seems like they, when they are on, they are just swinging for the fences. Like this is, yep, here's another instant classic. And to me, this is exactly that. And I, yeah, the first three songs really just knock it out of the park. And they're the three singles. Yeah. So that we'll play the third song, which is called Silence is Golden. some of that Jonathan Pierce guitar solo because it's so fun to watch him play live. He's a really great guitarist and it, it, it just you can kind of hear the live presence in that run there. Yeah, I, I, th- I love that the series of contrasts here because if you look at a picture of this band, they are so sort of unassuming looking and just like these wholesome, quiet kids. And to take Silence is Golden as the title of this track mm-hmm. and it's this insane sonic assault with and i just wrote it down as hair metal guitar solo <laughs> from him and yeah i love and especially that chorus we heard where it starts off silence scolding and they bring down and it's this kind of muted guitar and it's like oh and then halfway through totally unleashed and you think like oh wow that's as loud as it gets no then you get the guitar solos and the entire thing is designed to fill an arena and i think they were supposed to play arena dates before the pandemic happened, like they were like on these weird, like hair met, like monster of rock kind of tour where they were going to be opening. It was really what? weird. Yeah, I think. Like, well, I most recently saw them at the Independent in San Francisco. Well, they weren't the headlining. They weren't headlining yeah, yeah. arenas, but it was like this weird festival kind of thing. And so that they are making the kind of music that could be played at big festivals. I mean, they played it outside lands and yeah. on a big stage. And it's, I think this is fantastic escalation where they can do quiet stuff. And believe me, we'll get to the more quiet stuff on this record. They didn't abandon that entirely, but I think these three singles are, I love that when they release the singles, they're like, yes, our statement of purpose as a band is we are going to rock your socks off even as we are funny, even as we're sensitive, even as we're just this unassuming looking band. And I I love all of it. And fortunately, 
I think from here, the band doesn't, I think, have quite the fall off in energy that we saw in the last record. And we go to this next track we'll play where it's a little more meditative, but still the energy level is for sure there. It's called Head in the Clouds. Stokes has, I think, this really sweet spot lyricism where she writes lyrics that are clever without tr seeming like they're trying too hard. So there's these little turns of phrase, like you've got your head, he heads in the cloud and your soul's in the dirt, which is so succinct and yet has so many layers of meaning in this song that is, I think, using this kind of crisis of faith, which specifically in kind of a relationship setting and yet I can very much look at this and also that same like I'm, you know, praying up there and no one's listening is a complaint that could very also like universal or just the world as a whole. And so I feel like a lot of these tracks have that kind of duality, which is great. Yeah. And I think this is one of the tracks where the production is all the production on all of these songs is really great and clean and you hear so much of each instrument and everything like I, I like how her vocals are high in the mix. But they don't like nobody's drowning each other out. If that makes sense, which which is a testament because I believe that most of the record was recorded at Jonathan Pierce's home studio with him producing. Yeah, and actually, he you know they were recording and mixing a lot of this during lockdown, and then once that was lifted in February of 2022, they got the green light to continue their tour in the U.S., which they had had to cancel the beginning of. Um, and so Jonathan kept working on the mixing and the finalizing of the tracks like while they were on tour in the back of the bus and in hotel rooms. And then he finally completed it, completed it in three days at Future Classic Studios in L.A. So that for such a kind of difficult situation in putting a record together, it just sounds fantastic. Yeah. And I think we, you know, speaking of the multi-talented Jonathan Pierce, we go from, you know, I think the songwriter is just, Elizabeth Stokes listed as primary songwriter, but there's at least one track which has Jonathan Pierce formally listed as the co-writer. And it's an interesting, I think, sonic change of pace. It's called Change in the Weather.
The Beths met when they were at music school learning to play jazz. And I think most of the time when they write these rock songs, which are very indie pop or power pop, you just get a little bit of a hint of, oh, they have a much broader harmonic vocabulary without it really being shoved in your face. And here I think they're really being pretty aggressive about, we're going to have this chorus and throw in some chords that sound so wrong and yet it still, I think, works, but it is a, one of the most kind of harmonically challenging songs they've written. Interesting. Yeah, I, I without having your music knowledge of theory, I just noticed that it sounds different. And I was hearing it more as just more minor key and more kind of melancholy despite the upbeat pace. But it sounds like yeah, there's, there's more some sort of we, there's some augmented diminished things happening in there. Like I don't have, I think, the, as good an ear to be sure exactly what's going on other than to know they're they're going far beyond major minor and doing some very strange things in these chords and it is really unsettling and I think puts a kind of interesting tint on it because the song itself could be read as sort of hopeful of like oh you know things change and life was good things got bad but now maybe it can get good again and I should be I, I'm trying to find hope in that and yet the music is so much I think keeping us in the like helping us like no it's not going to be easy to to get past that fear of positive change and so it it, it works although i think as i said it's I think the one of the least accessible songs in that way that they've written even though it's a banger musically to kind of take the edge off that a little well it also just sounds very different and so you called out the fact that this was co-written by pierce and i feel like it's it definitely sounds like a different song than the rest of the tracks on this record. And I don't know that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing. It's just, it stood out to me. Yeah, well, they, again, they've got remarkable chops and it's fun to see them choosing to use them in very different ways. Uh, and we go from this track to, I think, one of the most kind of cheerful sounding sing-along <laughs> tracks. It's called When You Know You Know. interesting structurally because it's almost like there are two different types of verses like there's one verse and then a verse that's it very sounds very different and sounds like maybe it's a bridge or a chorus and then it goes into the chorus and then that's just then it just repeats and well, it, I feel like that's a classic verse pre-chorus chorus structure sure. and it is re but they sound so different and I love how the energy ramps up where the verses are fairly morose 
and the bridges kind of start to have this little bit like ah maybe 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 and then the chorus is as sort of this kind of triumphant sing-along and the entire thing is done in this almost like southern rock style Mm -hmm. which is such an odd contrast with elizabeth stokes voice which is so kind of high and very new zealand yeah and i love her accent oh it's fantastic and i love them playing with that contrast here and of course this is another case of you know and it would be tiresome if they weren't so damn good of it good at it of this cheerful sing-along song about insecurity and doubt and her being like i'm i'm ready to go i'm ready to commit how about you and it's very an inconclusive song another thing that i like about her vocal style that is really highlighted in this song is the way she just kind of it's so fast like she's fitting so many words into each line and then she just runs into the next line and it almost seems like she's trying to she's like fighting to get it all out and it just it's i find it very charming yeah and and i think in the concept of this song where you do get this sense of where she's like just talking to try and keep someone there like if i keep talking maybe you won't you won't come to your senses (laughs) and just like if you know and then that if you know you know you know and then the song wraps up with just this repeated almost so long and it's like oh no but at the same time that leap of faith and that she's She's ready to take the leap of faith. And I feel like this is a nice continuation because that their, their first album being Future Me Hates Me of like, I may regret this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And here is, I think, a more mature take on that, but it still feels of a piece. It's the same band, a little older, a little wiser, but still figuring out these same questions. And as we're getting into the back half of the album, you know, we mentioned that the first three songs were the three singles and they really come out of the gate fast and furious, but they don't just they keep it up through the whole record i think there are some of my favorite songs in the back half and that includes the next one that we'll play which is called a passing rain Almost made it to the end of this record before the best made me cry, which is Aww. the part where I admit that I am an American man born in the 20th <laughs> century and I am, was raised to be stoic and not show emotions. And something about this band and Elizabeth Stokes songwriting is so 
open and it kind of it she gets you because she's clever and self-deprecating and then there's this undercurrent of incredibly sincere emotion and it gets me every time and it's usually on the first couple tracks on the record and this time though no, i was good and strong and then hit this one and <laughs> yeah that, that that she is so, everything is on her sleeve not her heart and all of her major organs and it, i don't know how she does it and well, it's very very special i think what she's doing is writing about things that are sort of universal feelings you know interpersonal conflicts and relationships and things falling apart and anxiety and you can really relate to them but she does it in a way that's very specific and relatable and self-deprecating and genuine like you said like it's just there's no there's no attempt to like put on a brave face or whatever but it's in the context of these very upbeat songs and a an attitude that is positive on the on the balance yeah this amazing guitar energy is so driving and yeah i think this is one of the last songs they added and they were very aware of like yeah we need to keep the energy level up but they didn't drop the songwriting sophistication one thing i really kind of found charming here is so much of the record is her in the lead and then the men backing her up with this very sweet ah <laughs> and this is one of the first songs where it's like her but then multi-tracked with herself yeah. and sh her doing the backing vocals it's gonna be really hard to do live but it's such a great effect because in the song about tr trying to overcome your own doubts and your own the your the own voices in your head saying no don't believe that your friends and your loved ones truly love you and and how hard it is for someone who you know we've heard through the course of the record was had trouble letting go and had trouble really committing and now is in a position where it's like oh this person really loves me and i know it and yet there's this voice in my head saying no i can't trust that and it's so sad and so relatable and i think part of what makes it charming is especially after seeing them live you get the sense that these are four people who have known each other for a long time and genuinely like each other and like playing together and I think that really comes through in the music and that's coming back around to why the only band that I can really compare them to is Super Chunk because they kind of, they they show that same feeling of just like unity and togetherness and just joy to be playing together. Yeah, but you know, Super Chunk, it's amazing to see them live and realize, God, how are they able to do this in their 50s? <laughs> and then you realize, oh, this band's got another 20 years till they're that age and how how wide you know, can they spread their wings? How high can they soar? Because it, it, again, they're really special. And I'm, if anything, I'm heartbroken that we only caught them on the live stream at Outside Lands, which was amazing. And then I think we're going to be in South by South in Austin for South by Southwest when they're playing San Francisco next. So. Yeah. Well, I feel very lucky that I was able to see them at the Independent, which was the kind of replacement date for their. Uh, Oakland date that they were supposed to play at the beginning of the pandemic and had to cancel. So I feel really lucky that we've now seen them a few times in relatively small venues. We've seen them several times at South by Southwest. And I think they're eventually going to be, you know, selling out dates at the Fillmore and it won't be, we won't be able to see them in such an intimate setting because they're so fantastic. But as we heard here, they've got the big sound and their ability, they can put these sweet, sincere emotions and self-deprecating humor in a big, big sound and nail it. It's really just, they're very special. I'm so glad we got to, I'm thankful for our Thanksgiving <laughs> episode to talk about this band and I'm thankful that we get to have them in the world. <laughs> 
So we're going to go out with the last track on the record, which is called 2 a.m., and it's a little bit of a different feel. Yeah, it's and- kind of a jazz odyssey <laughs> to, at the end of the record. So again, we've been discussing the Beth's third record, Expert in a Dying Field, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. Do you feel it? Feel it like you did back then. 2 a.m. We were pounding the pavement. And I wonder, could we be that way again? Still awake, talking late in the kitchen. There's a song that never fails to make you cry So we stared straight ahead for the whole time And the future never seemed to be as bright As it was in the glow of your headlights is a proud member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.